welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey everybody, it's Sophie Shepard, founder of She Talks Health, back here with another incredible, incredible episode. We actually haven't talked about this topic yet on the podcast. It's going to be all about endocrine disrupting chemicals that have been found in our everyday products. So we are actually interviewing an amazing environmental health scientist and dietitian, Dr. Jenna Hua. She's really passionate about the environment public health and everything food. Jenna is super smart. (laughs) She holds a BS in nutrition, an MPH and a PhD in environmental health sciences from UC Berkeley and completed her postdoctoral fellowship at Stanford Medicine. We are so excited to have you on the show today. Jenna, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Sophie. It's It's a pleasure and an honor. Yeah, same here. I can't even believe all of the things you've already accomplished at such a young age. And now you, after doing all of the schooling, you're the founder of Million Maker. Um, I would love to hear like how you got around to doing all the school and then creating this amazing health tech startup. Like what was your driving force behind that? I think that my driving force is, uh, you know, just being able to make an impact. First of all, I loved food. And when I was going to school, I actually didn't want to go to college. I want to go to culinary school. But my parents said, no, and I have to go to college. And so I picked something really close to food, which is nutrition. And after undergraduate, I became a dietitian. And I was very frustrated by the work because my patients don't listen to me. Yeah. Uh, so I used to work at the VA and I would counsel people for 15 minutes and I would have to chart for about an hour. Whoa. And impact is not there. It's, you know, you can't change someone's dietary behavior in 15 minutes. Absolutely not. That's insane. Yeah. So I was very frustrated. So I decided to go back to school and study environmental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time, I thought if I can change the environment, then I don't have to tell people what to do. Um, (laughs) They were just forced to, you know, buy good food because they would have no access to fast food and all these things. Um, Then I realized after I got into grad school, that was very naive. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's actually what really impact our health. It's not only what's where we shop, it's also what's in our food, what's in our product. Yet we don't really know. This kind of prompted me to, to do a postdoc and continue my PhD and then did a postdoc to examine 
you know, how does our environment really impact our health? And then what can we do to change people's behavior so that they can take prevention into their own hand, not like go to a doctor when you're sick, but actually taking actions to preventing disease so you have a better quality of life. Everyone around you have a, a better quality of life and not having to, you know, wait until the very end. Wow. I love that so much. You know, that our ethos here is always prevention based. Um, I mean, I always say like part of the reason I started, she talks health was because no one helped me prevent all the autoimmunity and everything that happened. And so I love that you're, you know, making this mission with million marker to like really help people understand what is in their products and help them to make these preventative switches so that they're not saddled with some of the health outcomes that we know can come from all these toxic chemicals in our environment and in our products. So, wow. Kudos to you. What a great idea. And it's, yeah, it's, it's cool to see how like you had this vision and you had this passion that you were able to funnel into something that's really making a difference. So incredible. Well, echoing to you, I also had a lot of autoimmune issues myself. And during while I was pregnant, I, I had a four super late stage miscarriages and autoimmune related. But the doctors at the time were just telling me good luck next time. There's no cure. There's so it was very, very frustrating. So starting million marker is almost out of a personal necessity that, you know, I've searched all the genetic reasons, all these other reasons, but I don't really know why I would having these recurrent miscarriages. And because I studied environmental chemicals and environmental exposures, I knew they could impact fertility, they could impact miscarriages, they could impact, you know, child development. And yet when I went to the doctor at the time, I asked if I could get an environmental chemical test. The doctor told me the only test available is heavy metal. That's it. Nothing <laughs> else. But I'm just like, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. We're living. Scientists in- have, yeah. Scientists have been studying these things for these chemicals for decades. We have like 40 years or more information on these chemicals. One, public don't even know about it. Second, like we don't have tools to equip public to even understand their own exposure and do something about it. So I was very frustrated because I wanted to test like that. And I want to test myself and to even just give myself a, a sense of assurance because I already doing everything right. I'm pretty healthy. I'm eating well, I'm exercising. I try to de-stress, you know, and I trying <laughs> yeah. to read product labels. I literally I felt like I'm doing everything already in my control that I can yet. I still don't have all the answers. Yeah. So, so I felt like this is the, I really wanted this myself. So that's so incredible that you created this. And I'm so sorry to hear about those late-term miscarriages. That has got to be just so devastating and to be kind of met with, well, good luck next time. I mean, that's just unacceptable. Like we have to do better than that for, for the moms, for women, for kids, for families, we have to do better than that. So I'm just so grateful that you are channeling this into something that can help not only you, but a lot of families and, and moms out there. So you, you mentioned um, you knew through your studies that environmental toxins and chemicals could impact fertility, development, fetal development. Can you talk a little bit more about, well, first of all, the title of this episode is endocrine disrupting. So just for anyone who's like, what the heck is that? That, that means hormone, <laughs> hormone disrupting chemicals. Can you talk a little bit about some of these chemicals what they can do to the body, what kind of things people could be looking out for that they're like, oh, I, I don't know, is this affecting me or could this affect me down the line? Um, like, what would someone be looking for? 
So um, if you think about the name hormone disrupting chemicals, hormone, okay, let's just backtrack a little bit. What is hormone, right? Hormone are these signaling chemicals, molecules in your body that literally regulate every single bodily function you have from fertility, from metabolism to sleep, to your mood, your growth, everything is regulated by hormone and hormone works in such tiny amounts. Like think about like one drop of water in 25 Olympic size swimming pool. That's how much you needed for hormone to cause any kind of impact in your body. It's like so tiny. You only need a little bit and it's so vital and hormone disruptor disrupt the hormones. So that means they mess with your hormones. This, if you look at the structure, so one of the poster child for uh, hormone disrupting chemical or EDC um, is BPA. People have heard about BPA because many times you will see your plastic water bottle that's labeled BPA free or your canned food is labeled BPA free. So BPA is, is a hormone disrupting chemical. The structure of the BPA looks extremely similar as estrogen. Um, so you can kind of imagine when you have like really similar molecule comes into your body, your body just mistaken BPA as your estrogen. Um, so how, how hormone works is that they have this kind of lock and key function. So you have the hormone and you have the hormone receptor, then they're kind of just like a lock and key and then they match and then something happens after that. So when BPA comes in, it just like comes in as a lock and locking to the key of your hormones receptor, then it kind of just mimics estrogen. There are other hormone disrupting chemicals mimics testosterone and or blocks the function. So they just mess with your hormones. And you can considering how much hormone needed to cause any bodily impact and how important hormone is, then you can imagine that when you have these foreign substance come in, they just mess up your system. Mm -hmm. um, so we have seen literally over 40, 50 years of research showing people with high exposure of these hormone disrupting chemicals, they have a ton of different health effects. So you're talking about from fertility, infertility, and that's in both men and women, child IQ, developmental issues, ADHD, autism, uh, breast cancer, diabetes, uh, weight loss. And you know, if you want to drill in detail on females, then you're talking about PCOS, you're talking about endometriosis. Um, for fertility, you're talking about egg quality, sperm quality, IVF success. All of these things are have been shown to associated with exposure to hormone disrupting chemicals. Here is I have to mention that I think a part of the reason why many many people don't really know about this or don't take it seriously was because so far we have not been able to show a causal effect in humans because mm. so if you think about how researchers do these studies to demonstrate causal relationship is you expose someone with a large amount of say BPA and then you you observe what happens later oh, man so wow. you, you can't expose humans because we know it's bad you, you can't expose humans yeah. and, and observe them what happens so we're really limited to these association studies. But what we have shown is that in animal models, there is a causal impact of these chemicals to these conditions. And not only they cause condition for the current generation, what we have seen is these chemicals could impact two generations after. So that means that your grandparents' exposure is going to show up 
in you and your exposure is going to show up in your grandkids. Oof, that is really scary. And thanks for taking in the time to explain a little bit of the science behind research, because I think that really helps to understand, like, they're never going to just expose somebody to these endocrine disruptors. And then, yeah, then we need kind of the causal factor for some people to take it seriously and also for these things to be eliminated from manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And of course, naturally, and just kind of the way it is in the United States, it's always the slowest (laughs) with these chemicals. So I know in Europe and other places, they've banned a lot more chemicals than they have here, but okay. So this is, this is huge. I mean, this is basically almost every single person who's listening to this probably has like a hormone imbalance or they're working on their hormones. This impacts all of us. And that's really scary about the two generations after. I know that the same can be true for heavy metals, that it's very hard to get rid of it and detox it. And that it's very transferable to the baby when they're in the womb. So, wow. And I know PCOS is in particular, one of those that is like they have done research on like the causes of, of PCOS. And I believe one of the researchers showed that endocrine disrupting chemicals played a huge role in PCOS development. Right. So I think, yeah, we don't want to be doom and gloom. Yes, all of us exposed to it. But this is why we really want to equip people with the knowledge so that you can detox and you can take actions to minimize your exposure. We can't yeah. completely you know, get rid of every single exposure and kind of live in the vacuum. It's just not possible. Yeah. But at minimally, what we can do is to reduce our future exposures. Yes, absolutely. So where would someone be getting exposed? You mentioned plastic. We, I think a lot of people know plastics and things. Um, where are other exposures that people could be coming in contact with? And then also kind of with that, BPA is just one, right? So are there other things, like other names of things that people should be looking out for? So people can get exposed to many different sources. You can get exposed from your food and the product you use, even the air you breathe, dust. These are all potential exposures. And so think about, you know, your routine. And plastic is a really, really big one. Many times people know about plastic only because we know, we you know, we have seen videos or photos that bird and whale died and then their stomach found a ton of plastic. Uh, Not only that, the process of making plastic, they put a lot of additives into the plastic and many of these additives are hormone disrupting chemicals. So BPA and phthalates are major, major plasticizers. Sometimes they can be used up to 80% by weight in plastics. So BPA actually makes plastic shatterproof and phthalates, which is another chemical, makes plastic very flexible. So you hit the nail on the head, like avoiding plastic is number one tip, like Mm -hmm. try to avoid plastic as much as possible and never ever microwave plastic because the heat will actually increase the release of these chemicals into the food or anything that comes in contact with that plastic. Um, And I often see people, you know, they buy a huge box of uh, uh, plastic water bottle or bottled water from Costco and then leave that whole case in their car. And then the car is like a baking under the sun. And then they drink that water. And I'm just like, wow, I really want to tell you. Yeah, don't do that. Um, I know. My dad was doing that for a really long time. I was like, oh my God, please do not put plastic in your car. You live in Florida. (laughs) This is not a good plan. Um, Yeah, so definitely don't do that. And then um, when it comes to food, eating out many times, 
plastic, I mean, not just plastic, but um, fast food, like mm-hmm. food wrappers. These things can also contain um, these chemicals. Also during food processing, many of these chemicals are also used as preservatives. Uh, paraben is a really good example. Paraben is not only using personal care product, but it's also sometimes used in packaged food um, as a preservative. And it's not even labeled as paraben. Um, it's labeled as hydroxybenzoic acid. So, so, you know, if you reduce your packaged food consumption, reduce your fast food consumption, reduce eating out, um, you can definitely reduce your chemical exposure. So that's like, a, you know, thinking about your exposure route from food. That's a one way to eliminate your exposure. Um, now think about another good, big source of exposure is through your skin. Mm-hmm. So your skin is the largest organ on your body. And many times that we use, we use a ton of personal care products, especially in women, from yeah. makeup to lotions, body oils, um, deodorant, everything. So all the personal care products, that's another major source. Um, in personal care product, we're mainly concerned with, um, well, several chemicals, but the top three are phthalates, parabens, and the oxybenzone. So phthalates, um, there are two types of phthalates. One is that the one make plastic really flexible. Uh, that's high molecular weight phthalates. There's another kind of phthalates, it's low molecular weight phthalates, and those are usually used in fragrance. So it's actually making fragrance stick onto your body a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and many times the manufacturers are not required to report on what kind of fragrance formula they have and what are the ingredients that are used. Yeah. So we always recommend people whenever always read your ingredient labels, mm-hmm. anything you buy, you flip over, look at that ingredient label. Anytime you have phthalates, uh, no, anytime you have fragrance <laughs> listed, fragrance. Mm-hmm. Ditch, ditch that product. Yeah. People think, oh, like actually it's so funny. I had someone, uh, one of my old clients texted me out of the blue and was like, Hey, I wanted to buy some Epsom salt. Like, what do you recommend? Um, I see some like good smelling lavender. I was like, do not buy that. <laughs> Cause if you look on the back, it says, um, fragrance. And I said, just buy like essential oils with lavender right. that are like pure and add it to the base Epsom salt. So there's just these like little things that we can switch that reduce that toxic load like crazy. And actually that brings up another, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but do you know, it is perfume when you see that, is that also um, a plasticizer? Mm-hmm. Same perfume and just same as fragrance. Um, another word that manufacturers have been deceiving us is that they have been using aroma. Aroma. So besides oh. perfume, besides fragrance, there's aroma. And even products saying it's um, unscented. So unscented is actually a scent. That doesn't mean fragrance-free. So don't go for unscented. That's actually a scent. So always opting for fragrance-free. Yeah, I was just going to ask. So yeah, what would someone look? Well, so we kind of went through like perfume, unscented, phthalates, parabens, oxybenzone, BPA, obviously, paraben. Um, Are there, well two questions. Are there any other like sneaky words that like are really common? And then are there any words or any official labeling like fragrance free or whatever that people can look for in their products? So I, I highly recommend people read that label. Um, just like a look for fragrance. Another tip that I usually use when I first started, because there's so many chemical names, it's really hard to remember 
But what I always look for is some of these cap letters. So petroleum, any petroleum-based product or ingredients, they usually have the high chance of getting contaminated by dioxins or other pH, like dioxin and pH are carcinogens. And they usually occur in these products. But anytime you have like petroleum-based ingredient, many times people will see PEG, P-E-G or P-P-G. Anytime you see P-E-G or P-P-G in their ingredient label, ditch that too. So EDTA is another hormone disrupting chemical and also kills coral reef. And then that's usually used as surfactant or disinfectant in personal care product. If you see these cap letters, ditch those okay. uh, besides, besides fragrance. And also if you see parabens, obviously definitely ditch that. Mm-hmm. Um, paraben is, yeah, it's quite tricky. So par- all, not all parabens are created equal. Okay. So sometimes <laughs> manufacturers, uh, product will label just paraben by just paraben and sometimes they will label methylparaben ethylparaben or propylparaben so any of these substrate before the letter usually it's an indication of the like the how long this like molecule this this ingredient is but methyl is less toxic than propyl or butyl so methyl is like one carbon ethyl is two propyl is three butyl is four so butyl the longer it is the more toxic it is okay so this is like a, this strategy is when we tell people, sometimes people need to use over-the-counter creams or ornament. This mm-hmm. is the one area that we have not seen many clean products. Mm-hmm. So many people use uh, hydrocortisol cream to treat their eczema or some rash or anything allergy. And hydrocortisol cream is across the board. We have not seen anything that's free of paraben. So in that case, if they're actually, if you can choose between the two, if you have to use it, if you don't have to use it, great. If you absolutely have to use it, then make sure if they have paraben, then choose something that's less toxic, like no mm. butyl paraben versus like say methyl paraben, then I would definitely choose the methyl paraben one versus the butyl paraben because mm. butyl paraben is a lot more toxic. Wow. Okay. So PEG, PPG, any word before paraben, um, methyl is particularly toxic and uh, butyl, um, butyl particularly toxic. Butyl. Okay. Methyl, methyl is less. Less. Oh, sorry. Le- I actually wrote that down. Methyl is less toxic. And then, okay. So basically we need to say the heck away from parabens and- <laughs> my gosh, there's just so much. And I mean, well, let's distill this down to like your top tips for kind of keeping these things out without being in an overwhelmed place. We mentioned air, we mentioned food. Um, I know we can do receipts, plastic bottles, like walk us through like your top, you know, tips that anyone could do that are like easy steps. Yes. Okay. My top easy steps are, you know, definitely avoid plastic food or drink containers. That's number one. In your kitchen, if you have plastic Tupperware, try to swap those out with a glass Tupperware. And this, you only have to do one time investment and then you can use it for a long time. And many times a glass container lasts a lot longer than plastic container. Mm -hmm. If you have like, if you use certain wrap, think about that flexible plastic, uh, ditch that, trying to use a B-wax wrap instead. Um, uh-huh. if you uh, use plastic wrap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plastic mm-hmm. wrap. So if you use a Ziploc bag, switch that to a silicone bag. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally better. But when you yeah, buy like sta- silicone, stasher, yeah, stasher is a good one. Zip top is another good Zip one. Okay. So make sure you choose a platinum based silicone. 
okay. um, because how silicone is processed, if it's not platinum based or medical grade, um, food grade silicone, usually they would have fillers in it, which could be potentially toxic. Okay. Um, so this is related to your kitchen. Second tip is uh, your water. So any water filter is better than no filter. So if you can even just get a Brita filter, that's still better than no filter. But mm-hmm. if you can get your hands on a, a reverse osmosis water filter, that's sort of a catch to all filter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just install that underneath your sink. Um, that will purify your water. Very good. I the, use um, right now I'm using clearly filtered because it filters out a lot of the chemicals and metals and stuff, but I actually haven't looked and seen if it filters like plastics and parabens, but I think it does. Um, and that was like a cheaper option too. Cause I know reverse osmosis can be pretty expensive, but it's definitely like when we move into a house, that's what we'll, that's what we'll do. <laughs> yes. No, any, any filter is better than no filter for sure. And if you can dust often, like, you know, wipe down your dust, that will also help you eliminate some of your exposures and eating, obviously eating as much as possible because eating is actually cheaper. Um, it doesn't save you time, but I, I try to consider, you know, cooking as a being therapeutic to me. So, <laughs> so that's my adjustment when it comes to time. Um, yeah. So eating as much as possible. I know sometimes it's very limited for people with, you know, limited time, but yeah, eating as much as possible. That's another way to reduce your exposure. And um, um, eat, eating, just eating food or eat, do you mean eating at home or oh, eating at home? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Eating yeah, at that's... home, eating at home. Sure. Um, Cause you're in more control of what's they're cooking it exactly. on and, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Because also some, if you can't afford to get organic food, then obviously get organic because there's another class of hormone disrupting chemical that comes from pesticides. So if you can avoid that, definitely avoid that. Frozens are frozen organics are usually cheaper. So those are also good options. Yeah, um, that's a great point. I love that. And the clean 15 and the dirty dozen are another like list that I follow sometimes for if, if it's really out of budget to buy everything organic, then at least right. don't buy the like lettuce that's been sprayed with the pesticide directly. <laughs> right, right. The, the top tip, I think, yes, the clean dozen, dirty dozen are great, but the top, like, so anything salad, anything you eat raw, yeah. trying to get organic because, yes. you know, everything's on it. Uh, and another one is berry. So whenever you, you have berry, always get organic. So strawberry is the most polluted uh, fruit uh, versus kale and spinach in the veggie category. They're mostly sprayed and yeah, just make sure if you eat any berry, try to get organic, same as all the salad, anything you eat raw, yeah. um, get organic for that. So good. Yeah, I, I think that's like one of the biggest things people miss. And also frozen. You can get a lot of frozen berries. Like Trader Joe's has lots of organic frozen berries for like $3. So that's, it's a good little source of antioxidants that aren't sprayed with toxic chemicals that are going to disrupt our hormones. Right. Um, right. okay. So pl- swap the plastics, try to buy organic, eat at home as much as you can. Um, what water about filter. water filter? What about like products like sunscreens yes. and so, stuff? uh, products just make sure you read, um, the ingredient label ditch fragrance, ditch paraben. Uh, when it comes to sunblock, make sure the sunblock doesn't have a chemical UV blocker. So these UV blockers are also hormone disrupting chemicals. Um, usually they will be labeled as benzophenone or oxybenzone or ovobenzone. So if you, anything you see this benzone, anything benzone, it's a chemical UV blocker. And most likely they are a 
they are hormone disrupting chemicals. So ditch that. Mm-hmm. Um, to make people's life easier, we actually have a curated list of approved product on our website. So people can check that out. We carefully gone through, we've gone through all the ingredients. We met, messaged manufacturers to checking their packaging to make sure these products are decent, at least based on ingredient screening, they yeah. are good. It's so important. I, I love that. And I know for me, it's taken time to figure out what products work for me. So, you know, having a list is so much easier. So definitely go and check that out. Is that just millionmarker.com? Is that where they would find yes, that? It's on millionmarker.com on their resources and people can find approved product. So we right. have curated product from all the kitchenware to water bottle, to sunscreen, to body lotion, um, hair product. The only thing we don't have is cosmetic. Cosmetic is really, really hard to find really clean ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have we don't have a category for cosmetic, but we we pretty much have every other category. Yeah, I just strictly basically use Ilia or um, Beauty Counter for cosmetics. So it lasts forever and feel pretty good about those ones. Um, that's it's hard to find. It's really hard to find. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, great. So we talked about like kind of simple ways people can go through. Um, we mentioned like dusting often. Do you ever recommend like people get an air filter or anything like that? Yes. Or is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you can get your hand on a, a HIPAA fil- filter, definitely do that. Especially mm-hmm. like I live in California and then with a the wildfire, it can get pretty bad. And also making sure you open your window often too, especially if you cook a lot. Um, like I'm Asian, I'm Chinese, and I do a lot of stir fry. And then actually when you do Yum. a lot of stir fry, then you, you know, and then you have these smokes and make sure you open your window. Maybe I also want to caution people on candle burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, candle is another another place where fragrance is used, paraben and the, all these chemicals are used. So if you absolutely love candle and then you know occasionally sure burn some candle but based on my research i actually don't really recommend people to burn candle often besides the chemicals in making the candle by just burning a candle you actually create a particular matter in your air and Mm. particular matter pm is actually uh is really bad for your lung health and that that's also uh, Mm. that's also carcinogenic so Mm. you definitely don't want to do that the smaller these particular matter molecules like PM 2.5, they would penetrate your lung even deeper. So yeah, avoid um, burning too much candle. That's yeah, that's really important. And for those people who are, you know, wanting to burn candle, there are sometimes better options. Like obviously you're still burning the particulate matter, but you might not be, if you did um, like there's beeswax candles and then there's even one on Etsy that I found that's like tallow beeswax. So it's like from grass fed beef tallow. So it's not like you're burning, you know, a bunch of chemical fragrances and things like that. It just has like essential oils in it. So, I mean, you know, there's kind of options that are slightly better, but yeah, I totally hear you and agree with you. Like it's, it can be, and I love candles. So that's one that is very hard for me. So we just try to do it like very selectively and choose really good, high quality candles. Um, and it's funny because like, if you ever go into, um, like I went this past, like two weeks ago, I found this really cute little boutique and I was like, Oh man, they look like they have like dried flowers and stuff in there. And like went in and I was just like, Oh my gosh, just like hit with the chemicals. And I, and they're like a candle making and selling shop as well. Like it's really fun. You know, you could do arts and crafts and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what's your candle? Like, is it made with synthetics? Is it made with 
you know, beeswax, soy, what's the thing? And they're like, oh yeah, part of it's synthetic. And I was like, oh, that's a real bummer. Like I would really sign up for your classes if it was mm-hmm. made with proper materials, but I can't expose myself like that. And I just like felt sick being even in there, which was a shame because it was such a cute shop. Yeah. And I did get some dried flowers from them, but like, oh man, you know, like when you're more sensitive to it too, I think you can mm-hmm. really, you get really like, I got a headache almost immediately. So you can imagine that when you have that like massive reaction, or if you're ever in like the candle section of a tar- Target or something, and you're just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, so much coming at me. Imagine what it's doing on a small micro level every time you burn the candle. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And then, can you talk about receipts as well? Oh, yes, we completely missed it. Um, yeah. uh, so, receipt is another source of where people can get their BPA exposure. So, make sure you have your receipt, grocery store receipt, gas station receipt, have that receipt emailed to you. So, BPA is used in the coating of the receipt, also in the ink. So just don't touch that receipt. BPA has been banned in baby bottles and some can canned food. So BPA is also using canned food lining. Yeah. That's also including drink cans. So carbonated water, Coke, uh, beer, anything comes in a can. That can also have BPA coating <sighs> on it. So even though BPA has been banned in baby bottle, even though some of the product or cans will say BPA free, that doesn't mean it's BPA alternative free. Yeah. So what manufacturer have gone smart is um, they have been replacing BPA with these replacement chemical alternative chemicals. They literally just swap out like a molecule on BPA. Mm. They can literally change from BPA all the way to BPC, the entire alphabet or any combination of the alphabet. Now we have seen there are BPAF and TMBPF. There's like a ton. So Oh my gosh. BPA free doesn't exactly mean it's free. So again, this is the on, unfortunately, it's on the individual, on the consumers to protect themselves at this point. Mm -hmm. So don't touch that receipt. If you absolutely have to touch that receipt, make sure you wash your hand immediately after. Yeah. And also, um, if you touch that receipt and if you don't have a good hand sanitizer, it's better not to touch not to use that hand sanitizer because mm-hmm. we have seen people use hand, many times hand sanitizer or will also have this other chemical called pentylene glycol which then help you penetrate uh, whatever <laughs> is in the uh, in the hand sanitizer well that's actually also using many of the personal care products you know if this product is really good then this benign molecule will actually do wonder and help you you know get all the good ingredients in you right oh, but when this is added and then, you know, it's not a good product and then you touch receipt and then you use that, that's just helping the BPA to get in your like a skin faster. Yeah. It's like a um, double, a double whammy of like, exactly of a mess. Yeah. So I'm curious because a lot of times people are listening to, you know, they're going to listen to the podcast do, on your website. Do you guys have, I know you have your approved products. Do you also have like a list of some of these words? Cause we'll, we'll try to type as many of them as we can into the show notes, but it might be helpful for people to be able to yes. look and read it and then be able to see it yes. in their product? Yes. So one of the mission for the company is to provide education because we think this is really important. Mm. And that's actually what's lacking in science in yeah. research is we don't have enough science communication and science translation. So it's definitely the goal for us. So we have put out a lot of material. We also have under science, we have a chemical glossary. So that's on 
a ton of chemicals that you should be worried about, you, mm. you should be concerned about and not in your product. So if you want to read about what this chemical does, what this ingredient does, what's the health impact and the latest research on this ingredient, you can check out our glossary, a chemical glossary. Uh, we have also written a toxic-free lifestyle guide and mm-hmm. also a bunch of blog from, from you know, water filter to you know, silicone storage bag, any of these related topics, you can also Amazing. check that out. So because good. Because we, you know, we really want anyone who's like going through fertility or, you know, trying to stay pregnant or doing health optimization, understand these things. We also have a ton of content hub. So we have a um, pregnancy fertility content hub that's included almost yeah. like 80 something articles, really wow. easy to read. You can check that out. We also just launched a wellness hub. So you can also check that out. Great. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm actually on their website. You guys go to check out, check out millionmarker.com because they have so many resources talking about full body detoxes and actually doing it correctly, not just drinking celery juice. I love that little shout out. And, and then you also have a test that people can, can do. Tell us about the, the test kit that people can do. Why would someone want to do that versus say, just taking the tips that you've just gone through with us? Are there benefits to running this lab work and seeing this in paper? Do you feel like it helps with compliance or helps more specific with detox? Like tell us about this test and, and the benefits. Of yeah. It. So we, we provide a detect and detox kit and this allow you to understand your own exposure. I think it'll be great to demonstrate the usefulness of um, the test is um, even we carefully read ingredient labels, even if we do everything right many times, manufacturers are sneaky. You just have no idea what's exactly in it. So two of my personal story, once I started testing myself, um, I found out one of the vitamins that I was taking was giving me high phthalate levels because sometimes phthalates are used in the vitamin supplement capsules. So anytime you see like slow release, um, timely release, make sure you check that supplement, make sure that the capsule or coating of that supplement or medication is used vegetarian cellulose or vegetarian capsule instead of, uh, if it's not labeled, then there's high potential this is made of phthalates. Why I bought that supplement is actually labeled a vegetarian capsule or it didn't have any indication that it would have phthalates in it. But because I documented everything, through the test, I realized that was the culprit. The moment wow. I eliminated that, that supplement, my phthalate level was back down. So imagine I just keep taking this that I thought it would be really good for my health, but actually it's actually causing me damage, which wow. I can't really prove, but the test kind of helped me reveal that. So that was like a one kind of anecdotal story. That's a the very good story and- though. Cause I mean, yeah, like we, we love supplements at she talks health, but, um, you know, they're not regulated and we forget about even supplements. Just think about your shampoo or your skincare. I mean, there's just stuff that they can sneak in there and not, and not say it. And our country does not do a good enough job of banning things and, and labeling things. So we sometimes have no idea. Right. So I think we think like by doing a test will allow you to understand exactly your own exposure, because I felt like I was doing everything right already. And I didn't know that until I did the test. So that's one. The second one is the test will allow you to understand if you're like actually like a slow metabolizer or fast metabolizer. So we know like these chemicals are, you know, transient chemicals that if you eliminate the source, at least the ones that we're testing, you should be get rid of them within 24 to 48 hours. But that hasn't really been a case from when we're testing people, when people go through 
detox, sometimes they don't like uh, get rid of that really fast. Mm -hmm. um, then there are also cases like, you know, when people complete their journal, you know, they have some questionable behaviors and they're using some questionable product, but it's not showing up in their urine. And then in that case, it's actually not good. Then we definitely want to let this person know you really should do something and check more because if it's not coming out of your urine, where did it go? Yep. Oh my gosh. This is so important. Um, I don't, whew, this has been a big part of my understanding of my own body. And part of the contributing factor to autoimmunity and a lot of the issues I've had is just genetically, I am a very slow detoxer and like, I need a lot of help. <laughs> so I've been detoxing um, mercury from my body and from my brain as I got um, nine silver mercury fillings removed. And it has definitely required quite a lot, like a lot of binders, a lot of methylation support, a lot of detox support, sweating, all that stuff, the castor oil packs, you know, whatever I need to do it because, you know, gotta like, you know, poop it out. We gotta sweat it out. We gotta, you know, uh, pee it out. It's gotta come out somehow. We have to get yeah. it out. Um, and I am, I'm someone who it, I know that I am not a great detoxer. And, um, so this is so interesting. So yes, yeah, so you're saying like, if someone took the test, and they were like, I don't know, touching receipts every day and using shampoo that had BPA or phthalates or something in it. And it's not coming up on their tests. We know they're exposed, but it's not showing up. Then it's in their body somewhere. Right. So then for this person, you definitely want to really start detoxing, even though we don't have that number to show you, but this is actually much more concerning than someone. Yes, you have high exposure, but it's coming out of your urine. That means your body's properly detoxing. So the usefulness of the, the test. Mm -hmm. And besides that, when people order a test kit from us, we also do a really comprehensive lifestyle audit for you. So we look at your dietary habit. How many times are you eating out? What kind of kitchen utensil you're using? All your product, if you submit photos of your product, we'll actually audit that product for you. Not wow. only the chemicals that we test, but any other problematic chemical that we have seen with any kind of health effect we'll also let you know. So next so time great. you buy a product, you can buy a better one. That's so fantastic. I mean, this is just taking it to a whole new level because, you know, you can look at the list and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to try to skip the fragrance or whatever. But this is like, I mean, you're going to have the hard science right there and then be able to be customized and really give that person that extra support. And that can move the, the needle. I mean, we're all just exposed to so many toxins and we have to get this stuff out. I love this. I love this test. I want to do this test. <laughs> I need to do this test. So for sure. Um, well, that, that's incredible. So we'll definitely link your website and the link to the, the test that they can take and any other resources that you think are good. And is there anything that we didn't cover about um, endocrine disruptors today and, and your products and what you offer that we should mention before we conclude the podcast? I think we pretty much covered everything. The only other thing I also want to mention is the developmental timing really matters. That means the younger you get exposed to, the potential detrimental impact you could have. That's why we really, we think it's like people get the biggest bang for their bucks when they're thinking about getting pregnant. That's a really good time. Mm -hmm. Not only you're improving your sperm and egg quality when women are equal, you also creating a really good environment for your unborn kid. And not only that, you started changing your lifestyle behavior and this behavior will carry on, which then you can kind of teach your kids about it, uh, which Absolutely. we think is a really good timing. But we also want to know anytime you also have any hormone shift, 
that's also a good time to pay attention on not having a lot of exposure. So we're talking about adolescence. That's when puberty, that's a really, really important time. So for family, for parents with adolescent kids, this is a good time that making sure, you know, they're using good products and they're not getting a lot of exposure. And then the next time period will be the menopause. When you go through menopause, obviously your hormone going up and down. That's mm. also a really important time, not having a ton of exposure. So yeah. obviously like we need to literally worry about and pay attention on these exposures through our life course. But these are some of the critical time period that you should pay extra attention. Absolutely. Thank you for mentioning that because I think we have a wide range of listeners here. So they probably appreciate that. Wow. This has just been incredible. I can't wait to just tell everybody to go over to your website. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm like taking feverish notes over here. I'm excited to dive into all your resources. Looks like you have so many and so many that can benefit the world and specifically and selfishly me and my clients. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode in a couple of weeks. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.